Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Yep, that's me. It's me. I'm tired still. It is morning on a Tuesday, and I say morning. It's 1045 a.m. this morning, and I got Amanda with me. Amanda, how's it going? It's going good. You've been up since 7. I've been up since 545, but we're, we're rolling. <sighs> I we tell you. Up and rolling. I've been rolling. So you got rid of a puppy this morning. I did. I, people are like, oh, my God, she got rid of a puppy. It was one of our service dog pups <laughs> that she's been raising. Irish Doodle George, I got it right, because I had to already re-record this three times, because I'm still not awake. Um, George has gone into the prison yes. to start his full-time service dog training. And um, so, you know, I don't really, from hearing about George sleeping seven hours when he came home, mm-hmm. my dog's not doing that, who turns 14 weeks today. So, but it's not fair, because y'all have a team, and I think you should take Myers home. <laughs> We'll have to talk that over with Ben because it was mostly Ben that took George. I took him to work. And then oh. Ben did have a lot to do with his socialization since he's at Vanderbilt. So Way to go, Ben. We took advantage of that. And he got experience on duration stay on his place with me at work and comforting patients and all that kind of stuff. And then he got all the sights, smells, sounds, people dogs at Vanderbilt and so it was really good team setting for that little puppy so Myers can wear black and gold <laughs> for a while at least until tomorrow when our gator softball girls play and he's got to have his other collar back on <laughs> there you go I mean you know we're a gator household but I can respect Vandy especially if they're able to socialize our service dogs yep so yeah so George is gone so you have you get to sleep in and um, I still have a puppy. How's that going? Okay, so last night he finally did sleep like six hours straight. And we've only had two of those in a month. Okay. Um, I I am tired. <laughs> I don't know how people do this. I, I mean, I think it's easier for people that have normal schedules. 
that people that get up in the morning, they go to work, they come home in the, you know, early evening and they have lunch or dinner and then they, you know, hang out and then they go to sleep and they start over. My schedule is so weird. So like he wakes me up at six o'clock and if he's up for the day, this morning I at least talked him into hanging out till seven. I get up at that time. I may not, I didn't get home last night from work until 845. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, dude, it's a long day for me. Mm-hmm. Normally I'm like, I start waking up at eight, meaning my alarm goes off at eight. I snooze, I do a slow wake up. And for my slow wake up people out there, it's a real thing for the partners that don't believe that. So Heather, believe D when she says slow wake up is a thing. There are some of us that cannot just hear the alarm and jump up out of bed and be like, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I'm going yard selling, that might be, I can do that. But because, you know, you miss some good shit if you don't get up early for yard sales. And for those that don't live in the South, you may not understand that, but it's a thing. It's a thing here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm a slow wake up. I have to, it takes me about 45 minutes to an hour. I wake up, I read some news, I kind of clean out my email, I check, you know, social media, some things. And then I get up, I'm ready to start my day. But no, Myers, he wakes up and he's like, I'm ready to go. What up? Let's do this. And then I'm like, dude, I'm tired. He's like, I don't care. I need to go poop for the eighth time. <laughs> so when I called him a shitter earlier, he's turned into a shitter. That's okay. He's nine whole pounds. Nine whole pounds of cuteness. He is cute, isn't he? He's really cute. Oh, my God. And um, if y'all are not following us on social media, uh, Britt's doing a good job at putting them up. Um, I put a lot on my personal page because he's really cute. It's the cutest thing I've had in a while. Um, <laughs> that just probably hurt my dead dog's feelings. Um, oh, gosh. Sorry, Double D. You were cute. You were a cute, cute puppy. But uh, this this dude is cute. He's cute in his own way. Like, he's he's unique. Cute. He is. His eyes match his coat, which matches his personality. Like It's weird. tuft on his tail. I know. And it's got, like, this little curl. You know, we <laughs> saw a picture. So, his brother, they were named Bill and Ted. Okay. <laughs> I was not keeping Ted's name. Um, Bill and Ted, you know, I went to look at Bill and ended up with Ted. Well, Bill got sent up north and got adopted. They changed his name to Milo. They didn't know about Myers, but they changed to Milo. And the picture, he looks like um, he looks like a little vampire with these because he's all black and he's got those teeth that come out. So he looks like a little vampire. And then Myers looks up at you and his ears flop back and he looks like a bat. So I'm pretty sure their daddy was Dracula. <laughs> there you go. I'm just going with that. Um, he's not a bad biter though. Right. My guy's not. He's he's pretty good. So he's pretty good. So, yeah, so I got you here today because you dropped Clark off for grooming at Milk and Honey, one of our favorite grooming places. Mm-hmm. And um, you came by to sign your contract. She's with us for another year as our puppy specialist uh, or puppy development specialist, but I'm just going to make her a puppy specialist, which is why I don't know why she won't take my dog home <laughs> and start raising my puppy. And, I mean, come on. I'll, I'll work with him for that week that I'm here. That'll work, yes, because we're going to be – I'm actually going on vacation towards the end of this month, and I'm so excited. Um, so you'll get to stay here with the puppy. Uh, and I'm I'm sure my niece appreciates that, being 18. She's actually going to uh, Peru on a school trip. That'll be fun. Yeah, they're leaving like, uh, I don't know, St. Paddy's Day or something. Okay. I mean, it's the, you know, good time to fly, I guess. Yeah. With the luck of the Irish. That's a holiday <laughs> for me. I'm taking that day off. There you go. What time are we start and drink? 
Um, you got to work that day, don't you? Is it Thursday? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in far enough out. I can see what I can yeah, do. Yeah, like I can see what I can do. I gotta, I gotta be off that day. Y'all I for can... sure have the morning off. No, so we can start drinking early morning and then go do a little physical therapy? No. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess if Myers is not sleeping through the night, the number one thing we're gonna do is sleep training. So Woo-hoo! I am a big fan of sleep training. And I'm like you, I'm a slow riser in the morning. Like I set three alarms and snooze all of them for probably 45 minutes. Um... That's but worse than me. That's just because I have like a past fear of sleeping through an alarm and then yes. being screwed. So I always set like the absolute emergency alarm last. Um, That's smart. But when I have a puppy, I can't do that because they hear the alarm. Now they're awake and they have to go. Like they have to go potty. They are up and ready to go. So I'm more scheduled. When I have puppies, which is why I don't want one of my own for a while. <laughs> so that you don't have to be so scheduled. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So being on a schedule with a puppy is crucial. And you probably know this now with not even eating and potty training, but sleeping as well. Like kind of planning out, okay, if they eat at this time, they're going to have to go potty at this time. And then they'll probably nap here and my schedule with our service dog puppies is a little more lax, but also a little more strict because they're out and about all day with us versus when I had Clark, I'm like, okay, we have our morning schedule. Then he has four hours of crate time in the morning. I'm home for lunch. We have our lunch schedule and then he's back in the crate for a couple hours. And then we have our afternoon evening schedule. So that was more of a like, working or student routine versus getting into a routine with these puppies that are service dogs. But for more of the pets, like the number one thing I suggest to people is find a schedule that you can stick to. And that's not going to mean, okay, so you have to be at work at eight, which means you're getting up at six to do your whole morning routine with the dogs. Like that doesn't stop on the weekends. Like you're, you still got to get up at six. <laughs> the puppies don't learn to hold it until They're later. Like, oh, it's Saturday. Yeah, they yeah. don't know that. I don't get up this early. So you know, it is a little bit of a boot camp for both the puppy and the human the first couple months. But then, as the puppy gets into a routine, has that bladder control, it ends up being able to hold, like wake up when it has to go to the bathroom versus waking up on a schedule. Now, some dogs are schedule driven and it doesn't matter what time you go to bed, they're up at the crack of dawn. So that's just luck of the draw. Yep. My guy's going to have to learn to be flexible. So, because I'm flexible and I, and I don't know if it's the rate, like who raises them. So he probably will get into that because I have yet to have a dog, whether it's my own dog or any of the service dog puppies. Again, maybe it's just the Irish doodles, but I've yet to have a dog that gets me up at 5.30, like we say, on prison time. Like, Ann always says, oh, Junebug's on prison time. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm getting up at 6 on Saturday. And I'm like, I've never had that. I take him out to pee at 11, and we sleep till 10. Like, Jeez. It's, that's just who these, and I do have blackout shades in my room, but. um, They can't stand to sleep with curtains closed. Oh. (laughs) So. He was waking up with the light. Yeah. But then this morning he did wake up and I was like, no, man, uh-uh, it, it's not time. And he did, he, he went yeah. back to sleep and, 
And Britt and I sleep in separate rooms, and she's been real sweet about, well, he can sleep in my room. I'm like, no, he's my responsibility. But, you know, you bringing up the schedule thing is really good because the first couple of weeks we were, because we do, Britt's at home, so she works from home. And then a lot of people with, with COVID pups or just getting pups even now if they're still working from home. I've always found that people that work from home or, or at home all day actually have a harder time housebreaking a puppy because they don't get into a schedule. Right. And we did a really good job at at making notes when he would pee, when he would poop, what time he would nap, what time he would get done eating. And and we really tried to make a schedule. And then I told her, I said, you know what? We really probably need to start saying, okay, look, you've been awake for this long. You need to, I need to put you in your crate and you need to go to sleep. And so we've done that the last couple of weeks and he's done a much better job at putting himself down yeah. and going to sleep. Um, and I, I can, I can imagine people would get into that a lot when they're at home with a puppy thinking they that the puppy can just be up and, and that they'll lay down when they're tired. Puppies do not lay down when they're tired. Nope. They start eating things and chewing on things and getting grumpy. And they're like little kids that didn't get a nap. <laughs> right. So you have to say, nope, you've got to lay down and take a nap. Yeah. So we use the playpen quite a bit. Um, he's learned if the playpen is up and it's open, I call it his coffin. <laughs> okay. Y'all, I call it his coffin because it was shaped like a coffin. I'm a horror fan. So I, I tell him, I'm like, go get in your coffin. And he runs and jumps in it. <laughs> I know. Um, he met Michael Myers this morning for the first time, by the way. Um, his He saw the mask for the first time. Anyway, he was fine with that. But uh, he, um, he'll, he's gotten now where if we don't see him, like yesterday, Britt said that he went and laid in front of my bed and then on the side of the bed. And then he was in the crate. And, and so he's learning to kind of start to keep it down and nap a little bit more. Yeah. Um, after his vaccines on Saturday, though, it was like having a baby, a colic baby, colicky baby. Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. He was so restless. I couldn't even meet you guys for drinks. I missed hanging out with my girls and having drinks. So I made my own margaritas here um, because he just, I couldn't leave him. Mm-hmm. And I told Brittany, I'm like, you know what? This puppy raising was a hell of a lot more fun before I knew too much. Where I'd just put him in the crate and be like, scream your little head off. Get over it, dude. You'll be fine. Scream it out, right? Right. Because that's what we used to do. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I can't cause him trauma. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, who am I? Right? I'm I'm like, this is not as much fun when I'm, I know too much. (laughs) Yeah. I know too much. Every little thing I look at, I'm like, oh, my God, he's eating his kneecap. Do you have a luxating patella? Oh, my God, (laughs) you're chasing your tail. Oh, my God, are you neurological? And finally, Brittany last time was like, Nikki, he's a puppy. He's a puppy. I'm like, thanks for bringing me back down to earth. Okay, I got this. <sighs> Breathe. Right? It's it's hard. It is. It is hard. Has he started losing teeth yet? He is not. So he's 14 weeks today. Um, we'll see. We'll see when he starts. We thought he was younger than that, but we got his paperwork and... Um, uh, he was born, uh, I think it was the 16th of November. So that's, yeah, it's about four, 14. George, yeah. George was born the 18th and he's going to be four months old on Thursday. <laughs> am I am I this bad at math? I don't have my phone on me with my calendar. I'll have to add that up again. I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe I have the date wrong. 11-6 or something. I don't know. 14 weeks today. <laughs> Whatever. 14 weeks ago. I don't know. We'll tell y'all. Um, we sent the DNA test off, so we will get that back here hopefully in about a week or two. Nice. We'll get it back, and then we're going to do the contest on Instagram. 
So, unfortunately, those close to me can't be in it um, because I kind of have an idea what I think he is now. And what I'm are some of the guesses? Um, nobody's guessed yet. Uh, some people have guessed, uh, but I can't say what because I don't want to give anything away. Okay. Um, but you guys, we will let you know what date. We're going to open up the contest, and it will only be a six-hour contest. Okay. So, you got to... You got to be kind of paying attention. So we'll probably just put it on a day and say, at some point today, that day, the contest opened the first person. And you know what? We do it because we're assholes. We want y'all to follow Instagram. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. That's why we're doing this. And we're going to give away a fun little package. Yeah. You might get a, a, a nice enrichment package, maybe a harness, you know, some fun things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we'll let you guys know. We we just want to make sure we get the results back first. Um or at least get close to getting results back uh, so that you guys not having to wait. So it's going to be, I, I think I know. Okay. I've said it in the past, but I've changed my mind as he's grown. As he's still a little shitter. <laughs> that's all I'm saying on that. But, I think that's a puppy yeah. thing. George definitely poops five times, five <sighs> to seven times a day. Yeah, he was, he's pooping a lot. They're little, but yeah. he's pooping a lot. So, yeah, he's still got some skin stuff we're working on. Um, he's a little dry. He's a dry bone. <laughs> so we changed his food to Farmina today. Skin and coat. Thanks, Tiffany, at the farm um, for getting us. And I think we're going to go to Raw with him. So I think you should. I mean, he's little. We can I'm, afford that. I mean, you know, I'm pro-fresh food. So. Right. We all love fresh food. We're going to get Tiffany back to do another or to re-record the episode we had that had such horrible yeah. audio. Um, she's just so busy right now. It's hard to get her on. And we've got a couple of plans of... Um, Podcast with some clients. One who's going to do our converted asshole. <laughs> he's because he said he was an asshole before dog speak, and so now he's converted. And then uh, we're gonna have Heather on with her seven dogs to give some uh, feedback for those that think you have it hard with two <laughs> or one. <laughs> like I shouldn't even be bitching and complaining. I mean, seven dogs, uh, but she does it right, and so I, I'm excited for you guys to hear from her. Um, Amanda's been with us officially. A year. She signed her contract a year ago um, today. So she just signed another year on. So uh, what plans do you have for this puppy development world for Dog Speak this year? I'm just throwing you on the spot right here. So I'm like, hey, you want to record a podcast since you're here? Let's just do this thing. So we've been discussing some brainstorming thoughts of what puppy development looks like in the dog speak world and we've talked about how important like enrichment is for dogs and stuff like that so one of my biggest platforms I'll stand on is to do a initial puppy evaluation I guess we would call it is to like either before you get the puppy or during the first week or two when you're like, okay, I just got a puppy. Now what? Um, I've seen clients that, you know, they haven't had a puppy in 15 years and they just got a new one because their old one passed away. And so they're like, I feel like I'm starting over. Hello. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hello, that would be me. So just going over like the tips and tricks and all the things of what to do with a puppy to set them up for success early to kind of what to look out for as far as that goes. Um, I know people probably are thinking like, oh, a puppy, like I'm going to start with training young and that's going to be a huge cost. But honestly, like the initial consult or evaluation of 
what it is to have a puppy is huge. And then it's once, once they're old enough to go to the class, that's really where they start building the foundation of social and learning and all that stuff. But like things to do at the home, we talk about enrichment. We talk about free play. We talk about learning the quirks of the dog and, um, just all that kind of stuff. So like if you have a puppy and you don't know what to do, you're like, oh no, I got this. And then you're a week into it and you're like, oh shoot, what have I done? (laughs) Um, and a lot of it really is just figuring out what your puppy likes to do. Um, like for George, he loves to dig and to use his nose and figure things out. And so it's like finding different boxes for him that you can just throw like five pieces of kibble in keeps him busy for 30 minutes. Like he digs at that. He is determined to get those kibbles. Like he will get them. And like today I was putting the extra food that he has into Ziploc. So they have his empty bag and it's like, well, I need to get some stuff done. Here's five kibbles in this bag. I zipped it up almost all the way and it kept him busy for 20 minutes. Like, he, like, it's finding out what drives your dog besides its natural born drives that they're born with and working with that. I had someone text me the other day, like, how do I get my dog to stop digging in the yard? I'm like, well, there's two options, 100% supervision or permission to dig. Yeah. Um, Make a dig pit. So... It's just little things like that. And it's like, okay, so your dog likes the sensation of digging, tearing things apart, probably. Um, What can you set up in a healthy manner that allows them to get that enrichment? And once that dog is enriched, they're not going to go shredding everything else in your house. No, because they're satisfied. Right. So with these puppies that we've had through... R.I., we haven't had an issue with them chewing on things because we're so heavy on enrichment, 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 because they're not bored. By the time they're fully enriched, they're ready for a nap. Yeah. And so... Um, I think, yeah, I think in a in a month, because we had him a month Saturday, mm-hmm. he has eaten out of a bowl once or twice. And that was because um, I had to add a little bit of pumpkin stuff just to help with the yeah. change of our food. He is either eaten out of a tricky treat ball, a topple, mm-hmm. or snuffle mats. Yep. And he loves it. Yeah. And so he's so satisfied. Um, now, God bless him with the tricky treat ball. If there's like four in there and they're just not coming out, he looks at me like, could you fix this for me? His his tenacity is not quite quite there just yet. Uh, he loves the use of his nose. We have not had success with Go Hunt because I've been trying to do it by myself, but I'm going to get him into using that nose some more. Um he loves to tear things, but it has been really fun watching him because not knowing what he is, I don't go in with a preconceived notion. Mm-hmm. You know, people get like, oh, I got me a Labradoodle. Uh, right. He should fetch for hours. Right. And number one, that's not healthy. Right. But number two, it, he that he may kind of be genetically predispositioned for that, but whether he really enjoys that or not, and we shouldn't force it. So yeah. I've been really trying to get to know him and, and kind of figure out... What does he really enjoy? He is a very treat-motivated and food-motivated dog. Like, after he comes in and pees, he's running to his crate. He looks back to make sure you're coming. <laughs> and he jumps in it. Like, he's ready for his treat. And treat. he goes right back to sleep. You know, but um, he's, so far, he's definitely loving chasing the cats. Like, poor Steve's laying out. I mean, thank God Steve's bigger than him. He just <laughs> flattens him. 
He just like flies off like the top ropes of, of WrestleMania. <laughs> it just flops on him. Um, but I'm still really getting, I think he's still kind of learning. What do I like? What do I enjoy? We've gone hiking. Yes, people, I went hiking. Well, I was going to touch on that too, yeah. because that's something that I love the video that you posted of that because people are like, you let your puppy off leash. And that's something that like people don't realize. And I think it's maybe because we grew up in a generation of, well, if you haven't trained your dog, it's going to bolt. Yeah. And that's not the case when they're puppies. Like puppies are, they have this innate drive to follow someone or something. Yes. And usually it's the person with the food. So that starts with mama. When they're born, they'll follow mama around the house. And then once they realize you're their source of food, they'll follow you anywhere. And I think a ton of people miss that window of opportunity of not just obedience, but also bonding. So we go over that in that first session and like how to safely do that, you know, long lead outside, set it up in a successful environment. Um, and then go from there, you know, always risk versus reward as far as where you take your dog. You know, you took him hiking, even though he's not, quote, fully vaxxed. But yep. again, that was the risk was higher or the reward was higher than the risk. Yeah. So especially I mean, yeah. this time of year. We had we had wipes that we could wipe his feet on afterwards. Um, I started with a long leash. Mm-hmm. I, I just start with about a 10 to 15 foot leash. Um, but I'm like, this is when you want to take advantage of that off leash. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, one, they're not fast enough to run away from you. Um, now, his legs have gotten a little longer, so he's gotten a little faster. Well, and all you have to um, do is be like, this way and turn around and run the and other run, direction. And he's coming, and, right? Yeah. And I'm, so I, I've always had dogs, and of course, my last two Roddies grew up in the woods because I did search and rescue. So they were off leash in the woods from the age of eight weeks working, uh, being trained. So I've always had a dog I could take in the woods off leash and have no problem with Mm -hmm. and i'm determined to do that again but it starts with teaching at an early age and so we would get off trail and i'd have him kind of walk through all the leaves and over some you know limbs and things just to teach him that that footing so it's it's building up that confidence with his agility and his capability Mm -hmm. and um and then, of course, if somebody was coming or it was a little dangerous, I'd put him on leash or I had to pick him up several times because he was tired. I mean, you know, and, and now you have your backpack. Far. I have cool backpack, y'all. <laughs> I have a cool cargo backpack that he fits in that can also be a carrier. Yeah. So awesome. And it's got like a laptop holder. It's got two water bottle holders. I'm so excited about this. Um, we'll see if he actually, I think he'll, I think, I think he'll, he'll like be like, it. please, I'll be fine you carrying me because he was fine me carrying him on the trail a few times, but I got him like over some small rocks and some water. And we walked, uh, through campsites, um, over bridges around other people and dogs and kids. Uh, and I've taken him to the, you know, to Lowe's. I did have him in a stroller and then he was like, no, I think I want to walk. We're good. We walked. Um, yeah, really taking advantage of getting him out as much as possible. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, this is what I want. And I, and I think it comes kind of goes back to ask yourself before getting a puppy. And I, and I want to come back to this puppy of, if you if you want a puppy and you don't know what you want, reach out to us. Because yeah. we can help you. We can talk to you and say, okay, this this is probably the better breed for you. And, and maybe you're not buying from a breeder, but looking at a rescue that maybe has that potential. Yeah. And... And then we can help you set up to be like, well, what do I need before the dog gets home? Okay, well, this is what we recommend. So you're already prepared. Don't wait till you get 
you know, it's like you don't go buy a car and then go, oh, shit, I need to learn how to drive this thing. Right. 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 And you research. I want a car that's really safe. I want a car that, you know, doesn't have a, doesn't, you know, guzzle gas at this point in life. Right. So we do our research. Why are we not doing it more with dogs instead of just going with our heart going, I really love the look of that Ferrari. Mm-hmm. But I drive 800 miles a week. That Ferrari is probably not very good on gas, right? right. So then, I, then I'm like, oh, free to a good home. Because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Small rehoming fee for the Ferrari, right? Because I can't, I can't manage it. So I just think that a lot of people need to do a little bit more thought process mm-hmm. and be prepared. And, and this myth, and that maybe that's one of the myth things we need to put in our myth busters is, do not wait till your dog is six months before you start training. Yeah. I mean, they're learning. They're literally learning from the day that they're born. So I had a really interesting thing happen the other night. Um, we don't know much about the complete environment of where he was born, mm-hmm. Myers. We do know it was a hoarding situation, and there were a lot of outside dogs. Okay. Um, so I don't know if he was necessarily inside ever or what the rest of the property looked like. However, and this is, again, me knowing too much, okay? <laughs> we, um, we were, we've had nice weather. We had a fire pit going. And so he had been napping, and I had picked him up to carry him up to the fire pit and just hang out up there. Well, we got partway there, and he smelled the smoke. And started panicking. Oh. And I was like, oh, huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Because he was, now he was removed from this hoarding situation before his eyes were even open. Mm -hmm. But his nose was working. What was he smelling that was a negative association with that? I immediately stopped, walked back to the house, and got away from the smoke smell. Mm -hmm. I just was like, wow. There... There had to be something that obviously nobody burned him. Nobody threw him in a fire. Obviously, nobody beat him while there was smoke going. But something, maybe it was the negative association was mom wasn't around. He wasn't being fed. He was hungry. He was scared. He was cold. He was, and this smells there because for any of us, odor is huge at triggering a memory. Mm -hmm. And so I really want people to recognize that. Even as puppies, when you have things like this, don't immediately assume your dog's been beat or, you know, abused or whatever, but do look at it as a puzzle piece and and learn that that's a part of your dog. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to slowly try to get him over it because we love having fire pits and we're going to go camping. And, but at that moment, I didn't just carry him up there. Right. Going, oh, you'll be fine once you get there. Right. Right. Because now you're traumatizing. <laughs> now now I'm the bin. Yes. Now I'm traumatizing him and he's going to associate me with that trauma. Right. And it's just a vicious cycle. And I think a lot of people do that mm-hmm. um, where he was kind of squirmy and he wasn't squirmy to get down because it was very different. He was squirming trying to get away. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't trying to go to the front side of me. He was trying to climb over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. We're just going to go back to the house. You can hang out up here. And he did. He hung out on the deck um, and was fine. And he didn't come up there. Now, he'll come up there when there's no fire. And that the odor's still there of the burnt wood. But the smoke, it was just really interesting. And I want people to really be aware, no matter where you get your dog, if you mm-hmm. get it from a high-class breeder or the shelter or a rescue, whatever, you need to really look at your dog and really get to know them mm-hmm. uh, for the first few weeks. Yep. And I haven't, you know, it's funny because I've not done a ton of training. 
I've not, um, I've done mostly walking because that's one of the things that we do the most. So he knows right. those commands pretty well. We spend maybe five minutes a day working on place, sit and stay. Yep. And touch. Well, that's really all that's necessary at this age. And yeah. it's what's crucial too. So, and I think maybe this year we like rebrand the term socialization. Because I think when people hear socialization, they're like, they have to meet all the dogs and all the people. Right. And some dogs are born not liking other dogs. Or they, they're just not a social dog. Yeah, or they're, they're like, just yeah, they're there, but... not a... Like, maybe they just don't love people. Maybe they don't love being pet, and that's yep. a whole other thing. But the socialization aspect of puppyhood is so much more than meeting people and dogs and cats. Like, it's objects, smells, sights, and through that socialization process, you learn what might be a trigger, what might be something that the dog loves, what's something you need to circle back to another day, what's a texture maybe they don't want to walk on and kind of figure out that. And some days they'll do it, and then all of a sudden the next day they don't want to do it. And so that's normal. And so Maybe 2022, we rebrand socialization. Maybe we should just go with, look, it's it's exposing your dog. It's exposure, which includes socialization, mm-hmm. right? But exposure to life. You need to come up with a cool term. Yeah. We need to trademark that, right? <laughs> um, but it is. You're right. We need to just say it. It's And do not wait until all the vaccines are done. Please. There are safe ways to do this. Mm-hmm. We do it with our service dogs. They are in public from the age of eight weeks, in public everywhere, mm-hmm. mostly in strollers. But I carried Myers around. Um, you know, I did have a little stroller, but when even walking the campground, right. I just wipe his paws. I mean, he already had two sets of vaccines, but it, it, I can't even express to you guys how important it is to get these guys to start now. It, you're right. The risk is so much lower than the um The reward of the reward. I mean, because that's what it is. It's like, you know, it's it's very rewarding to have a dog who's very socialized and and exposed and not thrown off by things. And I think people just need to realize that exposure more than socialization. Right? You don't have to go to a dog park. You know, you don't have to walk around the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. There are safe ways to do it, and, and just simple things of of taking them to get gas with you, taking them to the car wash, taking them to the car wash, take them. Um, to go sit in a parking lot just to watch people and dogs or um, listen to loud trucks or, you know, if the garbage truck is coming, go ahead and, and be prepared on that. Like we know Tuesdays the garbage truck comes. Mm-hmm. So if I need to work on that, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be telling him what a good boy. I might give him something really fun. We might play. Mm-hmm. Just again, just making sure I'm not going to wait until there's a problem. Right. And if you guys just get started early, then you won't have as many problems. Yeah, you're going to still go through the normal developmental stages, the fear periods, the adolescent phase, but it's a lot easier mm-hmm. when you get started early. And if you're not local, we can do Zooms. We can do Zoom consults with you. We can get you set up. We can go ahead and even get you handouts on puppy stuff and puppy handouts, and we can get you started on things. It's never too early, and and I know at some point we are going to offer puppy classes, mm-hmm. uh, pre, pre-class or preschool classes. Uh, pre-kindergarten, however y'all want to say it. We're going to be offering those locally. So that's going to be exciting to allow a place for dogs to socialize and and just some learn some really basic, simple stuff, mm-hmm. you know, not overwhelming the dog. Um, and 
And really, I spend more time just capturing good behavior with him than anything. Now, okay, we do use that's enough quite a bit because of the cats. Um, And he is a barker. I've never had a barker. (laughs) Um, When I say I've never had a barker, I've had a Rottweilers that, yes, they bark at things. But um, I've never had a barker of, I just heard something, so I'm going to bark first and ask what it is second. Oh. (laughs) So that's fun. That's good times. Yep. That might give you a few little hints of what he he is genetically. Uh, So we're working on that. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just kind of preparing him to learn all the skills I will need him. But mm-hmm. more importantly, it doesn't matter how many skills he has if he can't handle the environment. Yeah. And I think another aspect is capturing behaviors. Like, that's something I never knew about until I met you as far as, like, we think when we get a puppy, we have to train them. But really, it's like when you get a puppy, you need to let them know that they can do things that are good and they can do things that are bad. And the bad things aren't punished, but they're not rewarded. Yeah. Um, You're guiding them. Yeah. Helping them make the good choices in life and helping them realize that I can sit next to you or I can lay next to you or I can sleep next to you. And that'll get me a reward. Yeah. But if I chew on the chair leg. Yeah. I get redirected to something else. (laughs) Yes. Right. And it's, you know... They do. I get so tickled with people. That, and I caught myself doing it the other day. I almost did it. I was like, oh, I can't get him to lay down. How many times do you hear people say, that? I can't get him to lay down? And I always tell people, they lay down all the time. Just capture it. You're not teaching the down. You're not teaching the sit. You're not teaching these things. And I got tickled at myself because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm my client. Mm-hmm. I am my own client, right? And then I'm like, just back off, Nikki. Just chill out, right? You're good. He doesn't need to know down right now. Um, just capturing it. And, and guiding him and helping him be set up for success. So, like, last night, the time I got home, he was full of himself. And so, he would chew on his toy, but then he would go to the blanket or the pillow. Mm-hmm. And so, after, like, three or four redirections of that, and I'm trying to eat dinner at 9.15, um, I was like, okay, dude, before I lose my shit, uh, I was like, you're going in the playpen. You're going in your coffin. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to say my playpen first, then coffin. Going in your coffin, and I'm only giving you things that you're allowed to chew on. Mm-hmm. But I put his bed in there because he's been really good. Well, I'll be damned <laughs> if he didn't go ahead and rid the bed after he was chewing on the hoof. So I went and removed the bed. Mm-hmm. And then he had nothing but the things he's allowed to chew on, except he was trying to chew on the playpen, mm-hmm. which is nice and metal, right? So I was like, okay, my job is not to get pissed off at you, even though I'm tired. Um, I want to eat my dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been up since like six o'clock because you woke me up that early and you've had 14 naps today and I have not. Um, I just, I put him in there. I was like, okay, this is where you can be successful. Mm-hmm. Now he wasn't happy. He whined a little bit, but you know, I knew that I had to guide him of where he was because I wasn't quite ready for him to go to sleep yet. Cause I wanted to sleep through the night. Right. But he did. He ended up going to sleep pretty quickly after that. Cause I knew he was just really tired. Yep. So I think it is our job to not necessarily, you're right, don't think about training your dog in the first six months. Um, think about guiding your dog and capturing what they're naturally doing. I'm going to say the first four months. First four months. All right. I'll go with that. First four months. Once Capture, Once focus. they're four to five months old, they start testing you. Yeah, they do. They start going that totally different. They're like, oh, wait a minute. You're not as fun now. Like I was just telling you about yeah. George. He will go from 
Ben and be perfect to me. And then the first day he's, he That's tests right. me. He tests every limit, even though we've already gone over it. He just wants to make sure yep. that those are still the limits. Yep. And then I'll pass him off to Susan and he'll test the same things with her. And then he's like, okay, but it, it takes him, he, he knows the right, the right thing to do. But he's still going to test them to see, can I get away with it yet? Yeah. And he and it's not that he's trying to be an ass. He's just trying to figure out life. Yeah. And I do, I, you do find that a lot with puppies are like all about you. They follow you. They do all that, right? Mm-hmm. And so people are letting dogs out off leash like in their yard, but then the dog gets four or five months and they take off down the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's where we have to be careful. That's where we need to put the leashes back on, long leashes, because they are going to be more curious. They're going to be um, not as interested in you. Right. Um, which is when you really want to up your reward system using their kibble, um, some high value treats. But those are normal phases that they go through. Yeah. So that's when you really have to kind of. And it's also like that's when people I feel like want to cave and use more of the harsher methods of walking their dog, like the prongs, yes. the shot collars, and all that, because they're like, well, they just don't listen. It's like yeah. no, they have selective hearing at that age, yes. and that's when you need to really enforce your bond out in different situations and that doesn't mean oh you could go for a mile walk prior and now you can't it's sometimes you just have to walk your yard length yes and that's okay yes so it's like restarting but you have that foundation and so the restart is a lot easier you're not building the house from the ground up right you still have your solid foundation you're remodeling some (laughs) right there are a few walls that probably fell down and that's okay um, but yeah, it, it's, I think that people forget dogs been on this earth only four months, right? They think, oh, well, he's six months. He should, he's a year. He's only been in this world that is unfamiliar to him because he's in a captive state for a year. Right. Um, give him a break, man. Right. Um, and don't lose your cool because he's just, he's as confused about this as you're confused about how to teach him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get help. There's nothing wrong with that. Getting some help, getting some guidance so that you can guide your dog and help them be successful as they go through these stages. And, and just know they're not trying to be asses. And, you know, you don't want to be inconsistent as they're inconsistent because then we just stay in this inconsistent loop and then you get angry. And then, and, you know, most dogs end up in the shelter by age one because people aren't doing what they need to do in the beginning Mm -hmm. um, because they're just cute puppies and, and, oh, let's love on this and love on that. So I do think it's important that people realize that we all go through those phases. I've been doing this for 26 years this month and professionally for 26 years this month. And I'm still going to go through these phases with my dog. He's still going to go through fear periods. He's still going to go through asshole phases. He's going to give me a middle finger. It's how I handle it that's going to either set us up to go backwards or set us up to go forwards. Yeah, so when that happens, that's when I send them over to you or Gray. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's why you only deal with a puppy. You're like, middle fingers, not my thing. I'm going to just do my own thing. Yeah. You know, and that is the thing is, is everybody is, you're going to go through it. That's just right there. We're going to go through it. Yeah. Um, you know, and even every day is going to be different with a puppy. You know, when we talk about the kind of phases they go through, but also you're not only learning about your puppy, but he's learning about you. He's learning about the environment, about, again, the schedule, routine. And you're learning about yourself, too. About how you have no patience, you don't sleep enough, you drink too much. What part am I learning here? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sure to think maybe I don't drink enough. How you handle certain situations. <laughs> you know, I, teaching people to, to train their puppies, and I'll put train in air quotes, for this long, getting one has definitely been an eye-opener. I'll tell you the one thing that I do now that um, has changed because of... Um, Working with people, and especially with small dogs, Myers is small. He's nine pounds, and he's going to stay small. Mm-hmm. Okay, He was neutered very early, so he's not probably going to even hit 15 pounds. Okay, I'm going to probably be carrying him some and picking him up. Well, when people have small dogs, what I notice a lot when I see them as adults is that they hate being picked up. And they'll actually not come close enough to you. They'll back away when you try to pick them up. They'll get growly or bitey. So the one thing I've made a point to do, Isabella is knocking on the door because she wants to come in because now the puppy is in here with us. Um, What I started doing with him as a puppy is when I was going to pick him up, I would say the word up. Mm -hmm. And he had a choice. In the beginning, obviously, he just stood there because he had no idea what was happening. But now he has a choice. If I say up, he can back away if he doesn't want to be picked up. Um, or he'll kind of hop up or he'll turn around so I can pick his butt up and scoop <laughs> him up. And it's really cute because him, us having that trust allows me when I do have to scoop him up without telling him up or giving him a choice because sometimes I have to. It's not detrimental. Right. We've we've started out saying here's the consent, as we've done in a podcast episode. Um, here's about consent. And yes, there are times I do need to pick him up, but... I think if I give him those options at other times, because being as small as he is, he's easy to pick up and smooch on and, and love on. But you know what? Do you want to be picked up every time somebody walks around? <laughs> right? So I think that's an important thing to think about at puppyhood. I know sometimes it's hard for people, but as a puppy, think about what that adult life is going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, and and go ahead and be thinking about how to get there. And, and- and even be creative with ways of limiting options. You know, like if you want to pick them up because you're cooking and you just put it in a little puppy sling because you don't want them to get into anything, like maybe give him some options like the playpen, which is why we really like the playpens. And it's like give them a bone to chew and an enrichment toy and let them choose what they want to do in a very controlled setting so that you don't feel like you have to pick them up and confine them and constrain them when they could be using that time to do individual play. And that's like, a, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Because, um, yeah, because if you're, if you're occupied doing something else, mm-hmm. then you're not going to have that focus on the dog. And, like, when we went to, we went to Lowe's on uh, Sunday, we were going to pick out plants. And I was like, well, you go ahead. We'll be there. And, and when we went before that, she took Isabella, and I was like, y'all go ahead. We'll get in there when we get in there. Because as soon as I got out of the car, he was barking. <laughs> so I got to use my segmented training of I started the car, and then we moved towards the front of the store, and then we stood by the grills, and then we went inside where the buggies are, and then we made it inside the store, and then I was bombarded by people at that point. So... <laughs> Um, but I did I, I make sure, of course, telling him it was okay to greet, rewarding him for greeting, um, not letting people pick him up. Right. Because uh, that's a, a lot of times people be like, you know, they want to do that. The people that I have had that wanted to pick him up, I just tell them, please tell him up first. And he has the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and with puppies, always pick up their back legs. 
with them so that they're not dangling because, uh, you know, they're still growing. But that's one of the big things. And another thing that I know people get, get caught up in with puppies, when they have another dog and that other dog is so excited to have a puppy, they allow them to spend so much time together that they almost put the responsibility on the adult dog to teach the young dog, mm-hmm. especially housebreaking. Yep. Right? So it's don't let the adult dog be the one saying when the puppy needs to go out. Otherwise, the puppy's never going to learn how to tell you. Right. And um, and make sure you give the adult time, adult dog some space. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's either extremes. There's the dogs that are so excited to have a puppy and a new friend. and Like Isabella. Yeah. And then there's Clark. And there's Clark that is like, I kind of like this accompaniment, but also stay away. Um, he was the most miserable of his 30 hours of his life <laughs> being here with us, with Isabella and the puppy. I bet. He was like, seriously? He's like, where's my couch by myself? Where's my couch by my- Oh, shit. No, he got the couch by himself. <laughs> yeah, I'm big enough. My couch is not big enough for two of us and him. I had to go sit on one of the stools. Yeah, but it is. Yeah, he's miserable. He hates puppies. <laughs> yeah. He, he will tolerate them for a little bit because he does teach them and I think it's because he gets tired of teaching them like I don't think because once they turn mm, six to eight months old he's just now getting to the point with Ella that he will initiate play and they'll play with each other and it's like once they're old enough where he can enjoy them without constant teaching then he's like okay this is fun yeah because I'll have Ella over the weekend and They'll play and he'll be fine. And then we'll have a day and George comes back and he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Why can't we just keep Ella? So, and I think yeah. it, it does have a lot in that, like, I know that he needs breaks from the puppy. And, like, now that it's warmer out, he now gets his meals outside to have that constant break, uninterrupted, just let me eat my food in peace time. Yep. And he does fine. So, it's it's knowing your other dog and also... Not punishing your other dog for teaching, but exactly that's covered in the communication seminar, which I think everyone needs to go to. So yes, we have a one coming up in May, and uh, we still have the one online mm-hmm. that uh, that you can get. So you can get that through our website. Um, it is. It's important that you understand how dogs communicate if you want them to come together, so that you're not correcting for the wrong behavior. Because if you if you correct your adult dog for correcting the puppy then the adult dog's going to learn that that puppy means bad things. You know, before the puppy came, he was loved on and he was, you know, given scraps from the table. And then all of a sudden this puppy comes and he's getting yelled at every time he turns around. Yeah. He's not going to like that puppy. Yeah. doesn't mean you, you let him just, you know, bowl him over all the time. I had to use a good, that's enough with Isabella this morning because she was being a little rough. Um, matter of fact, we're going to put that on Instagram because it was a, it was a really good one. She did a really good job of responding to that's enough. And it was a quiet that's enough because I still wasn't completely awake. <laughs> Which all your that's enough should be normal, calm, normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think that I've probably been working on, it just kind of popped in my head without realizing it, is automatic leave-its. Mm-hmm. Right? Puppies love to scounge, you know, around the ground. So when we're walking, I am constant good boys i'm treating i'm you know i'm really acknowledging good behavior um so i'm kind of keeping i'm letting that nose on the ground but i'm also not freaking out when he comes upon something 
Right. Right. So he comes upon something that he may not really need, but it's not anything that's detrimental. I'll watch him mm-hmm. and I'll let him sniff it. And I'll good boy him. And then we move on. If he gets in his mouth, I get it out and we move on. But I think a lot of people freak out. I see this so much when they walk up on like poop. Right, maybe it's leave it, leave it, leave it. Leave it. Like, oh my god, no, puppy, 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 puppy. I'm like, damn, y'all, just let him use her nose. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. He's going to sniff it, and if you know what he puts in his mouth, eats it. Ooh, gross! Don't let him kiss you, and then work on it. Right, but don't automatically assume your dog is about to inhale. You know, things that they don't want. It's amazing to me how many people freak out when their dogs are sniffing poop. Right. Um. The other thing I was talking about sniffing. I say I made some notes. At my two o'clock in the morning wake ups with potties. Um, because I was like seeing things. And I was like, you know what? One thing that I was, that, that really stuck out to me. I'm thinking all the ways that we mess up our puppies. Okay. <laughs> this is, this is how they, because it's been so long since I've had one. Right. We freak out for housebreaking. Now that to me is a big thing. I, cuteness is great, but it will quickly be bye-bye if there's housebreaking issues. And yep. We had a little struggle um, with some some accidents. He was uh, puppy pad trained, which I don't like. Um, but we completely took the puppy pads away as soon as he got here. They were no longer anywhere. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of regimented taking him out, writing it down when he goes. Even if it was an accident in the house, we wrote it down. Mm-hmm. One thing I realized that we do is that sniffing is such a normal part of a dog's life. Mm-hmm. And every time a dog starts sniffing in a house, a puppy starts sniffing in a house, what happens? You freak out. People freak out. Right? And I think that we're inadvertently mm-hmm. teaching dogs that sniffing can be a scary thing with the humans around. And it just, it hit me. Because I was watching him sniff. I'm like, oh, I started to. I was like, no, he just potted. Right. He's just sniffing. Because... I mean, we've tossed treats on the ground, and he's looked for those. And, and I was like, huh, how many times do people freak out when their dog is sniffing, and then they freak out in the house, and the dog's like, oh, my God. Yep. I don't, I don't know. It's just, and I know that dogs are still sniffing, but are we somehow teaching them that sniffing with us and that we're giving permission to sniff can be detrimental to them if we're freaking out as puppies? I think so, and I think... Because we only associate sniffing with having to go potty or sniffing to eat something, um, we haven't, we as a general public, haven't associated sniffing as just a thought process. Right. That's really what it is for these dogs is they're figuring out, have I been here? Who has been here? What has been here? Where do I want to go next? Not... I need to go pee right now. They yeah. they tell you in other ways, and that's something that you need to observe. And we talk a lot about in free work is, like, what are the body language cues that they're giving? Like, just this morning, I realized George now sits. Like, he'll do a quick sit, and then he'll stand back up. And now that's how he's telling us he has to go poop. So he, like, does a quick sit, and he doesn't really sniff. He just sits, and then... Prior to that, he would get really mouthy when he had to yes. go potty. So it's like if we get away from sniffing means potty, you'll be able to pick up on other body language cues of what that means. And if you want to start associating that with a bell, that's fine. I didn't do that with 
Clark, but some people do like that. Um, oh, yeah. We attack the bell now. Yeah. He runs and, like, hits it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, it's picking up on those other cues versus sniffing and then giving them permission to go sniff or do other things, you know. That also helps with enrichment because dogs are yep. born to sniff. Like, they're... That's what they do. I mean, we talked about it before. His eyes and ears were open. He yeah. was sniffing and somehow some type of fire, smoke, mm-hmm. there was a negative association. I think that keeping the journal, keeping the notepad, we kept the notepad by the door mm-hmm. with the treats. Um, I usually put treats in my pocket in the mornings or anytime I'm changing clothes, I'm putting treats back in my pocket. But we kept the notepad right there and yep. we wrote it down every single time. So it helped us relax when we saw sniffing. Because we're like, he just peed. Mm-hmm. And if he did pee again, okay, well, then maybe there's a urinary tract infection, right? So keeping a journal, I can't tell you how important that is to write down every little thing so you start to get to know the schedule. Right. Don't don't depend on what your last dog did and what that last dog's schedule was like. And the other thing is is one of the telltale signs, if you're, if you're not sure, if your dog is playing and engaged with you and all of a sudden disengages... <laughs> And takes off. They're probably finding somewhere to pee. Yep. Right. Um, but yeah, keeping keeping a log of when your dog is pottying, very important. Mm-hmm. Very important. Like I write, I wrote down. We stopped now. We've just stopped this past week. So for three weeks, we kept a log, and um, it really helped mm-hmm. a lot. We've not had an accident. I don't know. Two weeks now, I guess. Yeah. So two weeks of accidents was enough for me because <laughs> I was like done. I'm like, come on, man. You're killing me. Maybe I'll litter box train you. Just because, I mean, y'all, in, this, in these four weeks of having him, he has gone through snow, ice, torrential downpour with flooding in the yard, beautiful 80-degree weather where his little tongue was all curled up because he was so hot. We've gone through all four seasons. This week. Well, yeah, just this week, but yeah. definitely the last four. Um, I finally just had to take an allergy pill because my, my head's like, screw you, Tennessee in spring. But we're in fake spring. We just had fake spring. <laughs> it's back to winter. Yep. Um, it's, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's just kind of some throwing some things out. Um, what do you have? You got any like lasting uh, things to leave our listeners with, with puppies or anything you want to say or do or talk about because we did we totally did not have any plan for this we were just going to kind of talk about my life with this puppy in these past four weeks because it's been 11 years Mm -hmm. since i've had a puppy i mean i teach people but i get to go home and it's funny because everybody's like we know how you feel about puppies yeah i think just the lasting final comment is to reach out and ask us for help ask someone who does this often for help um because puppies Dogs don't come into this world knowing how to function in this world. Correct. And so you can't just get a puppy and expect it. I feel like the top things people are mind blown about is that you can't just expect a puppy to be able to hold its bladder for an hour the first day you bring it home at eight weeks. Right. Like that blows their mind. Yeah. And it's like, no, you have, and you know, why is this dog peeing on everything? Well, it doesn't know to go outside. Yeah. It doesn't know to do, th- it doesn't know how to function as a human, basically, because we're asking an animal to function in a human world. Yeah. And so we need to teach the ropes and there's easier ways to do it and hard ways to do it. 
So yes, and the easy way is to reach out to DogSpeak. Yes, that's the easy <laughs> way, right? Because um, you're right. It, people, you, it, this is what I and one of the things I hear. I'm glad you brought that up. Was well, he's just really mouthy. I mean, I know he'll grow out of it. Okay, they don't grow out of behavior. Mm-mm. They have to be taught. They're not gonna. If you allow mouthing now, then guess what? When they start getting power in their jaws, they're gonna do it then, and you're gonna think your dog is showing aggressive behavior because right. he's eight months and he shouldn't be doing that now. Right? No, y'all. We have to teach. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna grow out of jumping. He's not gonna grow out of of you know pawing at you if that's what gets attention. He's not going to grow out of chewing on your furniture if you allow it. Right. And it's so many times people are like, well, we want to get a new couch, but we're going to wait till he outgrows the chewing phase. That's funny. Right? I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, okay, you do that then. Yeah. I will say I've had five dogs now from puppyhood, including all the service dogs and my own dog that I've raised so far, starting at seven weeks old. I have yet to have a single piece of furniture ruined. Me either. I have yet to have a baseboard chewed on. I have yet to have all these things that are considered normal puppy behaviors. You don't have to I have don't it. experience because you're we on it. Enrich them. We give them instruction. We guide them yes. through life. Yes. And we can still have our own life, believe right. it or not, unless you unless they're colicky on a Saturday after the vaccine. <laughs> then you sit at home and drink alone. And you and you put new lights up in your patio because it feels like spring. Um, and the next day it's 35 degrees. But you're right. It's I've never had a piece of furniture torn up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Bandit tore up all kinds of crap because I didn't know what I was doing then. Right. Um, I do have a couple of hats um, that have that I've had puppies chew on, and now they're sentimental to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wear them with pride because my, my baby girl, Tiba, oh. chewed on a little bit, and that's all right. But you're right. We don't. You don't have to have these issues, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You don't have to roll up your rug. Yeah. You do have to be on top of it. Now, unless it's an expensive rug. rug, yeah. If you're, if you I did roll up a rug. Yes, roll that up, put that away. I since got ruggable, so we don't worry about that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So that is the thing: is if, if it is a super expensive rug, yes, do that. But on your regular rugs, you know, um, that's the time to kind of start teaching it. Right. Right. Don't wait until the puddle is so big; it's really going to mess it up. Yeah. And of course, learn how to clean up pee, y'all. Two thirty in the morning. I was cleaning up pee because he made it to the door. I had to turn around and go get my glasses so I could see if he, because I'd forgotten him, to see if he was going to pee. And he peed right there. I was like, ah, shit. My fault. Um, I spent 10 minutes soaking it up with towels. I used paper towels, soaking it all up to where it was really good and dry. Then I put my enzymatic cleaner on it. Mm-hmm. That's how y'all want to clean it up. Or you can also just get a nice rug like we have in the kitchen. It's a runner that's very easy to throw in the washing machine. Yep. <laughs> so that was, I did do that one morning mm-hmm. too. I'm like, I'm not cleaning this up. I'm going back to bed. So yeah. we just put it in the dishwasher. Not in the dishwasher, in the <laughs> washing machine. Oh, it's almost noon. I'm almost awake. Yeah. So um, puppies so, come out yeah. chewing and they come out eating and they come out pooping and peeing. Yeah, because if you think about it. And that's all they know how to do. That's it. But that's what we need to teach them. Like, what is appropriate? Like, what things are appropriate to chew on? Where is it appropriate to go to the bathroom? What things are appropriate to eat? You are literally the parent teaching another organism, another living organism. Yes. Just like people have to teach a child to not eat the chalk mm-hmm. um, and to not touch the hot stove. 
You have, you know, kids aren't just going to grow out of that. You have to teach. You have to be their guide. You have to be the one thing that they can be dependent upon. Don't be inconsistent so that the dog doesn't know which version of you they're going to get. Right. And I think that would probably be the, the biggest thing is be the one thing that your puppy can, can count on and rely on in this world. Mm-hmm. We all need that one thing. Right. And the, the dogs need to look whether I don't care how old they are. They need to know that no matter what happens, you are the one thing they can count on, that they can trust, um, and that they don't have to wonder mm-hmm. which version of you they're going to get. Right. Boom. That was a mic drop right there. <laughs> there you go. Y'all hear Brittany's in there like laying down. Like She got a break on the podcast today. She's in there laying floor in the kitchen. Y'all <laughs> didn't know that she is a she is a Jill of all trades. Yep. The girl does everything. She is laying floor. In our kitchen, so um, yeah, that's that's what I got. So if y'all have a puppy, um, send me good vibes that uh, he sleeps. We're gonna try for seven hours tonight straight, um, and I don't even know the last time I slept seven hours straight. I'm not a great sleeper anyway. So if I wake up to go to the bathroom, if I hear him stirring any, I'll usually let him out. But I'm gonna start backing off on that mm-hmm. um, because he's got to learn to hold it overnight. And so we, you do, you have to kind of adjust a little bit. Yeah, that's not going to fly with um, me. No, she's going to be like, no, not that asshole sleeping 10 hours. You know what? But my Roddy's did the same thing. I mean, I would go to bed at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and, and I would wake up at 9, and t would be like, I'm good. And finally, like 11 o'clock, she's like, I think I need to go potty now. That's how Clark is. Yeah. t was like, whatever. And of course, I mean, bladder's much bigger. I mean, Clark's bladder is the size of Myers. Right. So... <laughs> he can hold it more all right well that's what i got y'all we appreciate you we appreciate um the listeners reaching out to us and if you have sent us an email i have replied to you but we're having email issues that i literally replied to so many emails last week and i pulled up my outbox today because somebody was saying they didn't get something i pulled it up yesterday i had 29 unsent messages oh no yeah so i don't know what's happening Brittany is working on it and she has copy and pasted some of the emails to send out. So if you have, if you are a listener and you've sent an email, I did respond and reply. If you did not get it, I am so sorry. Hopefully you will get it. If not, you know what? Shoot us another email um, and let us know. And if you have questions, podcast at dogspeak101.com. And don't forget, uh, it's getting to know Nikki questions for my birthday. That's what our episode's going to be. So you've got to get those in by like uh, the 18th or 19th. Uh, Brittany's not going to tell me. She's just going to ask me on air. Nothing is off limits. Um, and so we'll record it before we go out of town. And we'll put it out on my birthday, which is the 29th. Um, I'm going to be a whopping. How old do you think I'm going to be? She's not saying a word. She's like, I'm just going to sit here because I don't remember and I don't want to get fired. I just signed my contract. <laughs> I'll be 47. 47. Mm. 47 in body years. 25 in brain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to stay young. I want to stay young. I got a puppy. Of course I'm going to stay young. Right? He is out. Oh, good stretch. Y'all, we, we do appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, share the podcast. That's, a, that, you know, sharing the episodes uh, with your family, your friends, and um, and then rating and reviewing anywhere you listen helps other listeners find us. 
Um, we have increased our uh, listeners so much this year. Uh, we just want to keep pushing it uh, so that we can get Cargo or Roughwear to sponsor us, right? I'm still, pu- I'm still pushing for that, man. It's a dream. It's a dream. I'm pushing it, right? So uh, we appreciate you guys. And we hope that you have a wonderful week. And if you have a puppy, uh, go, go get a drink. That's all I got. Just go get a drink. 